0: go get
1: it hello again and welcome to our podcast digging deep i'm roberta walker
0: and i'm michael glassman we're two landscape designers that have been working in the field for let me tell you well over 25 years
1: but we're still really young
0: yes (laughs) especially young at heart
1: Young at heart. And through our podcast, Digging Deep, we want to bring to you the experience, the years, the challenges, the ups and downs, and what else, Michael? Our foibles, mistakes. We don't make mistakes, of course. Our stories.
0: We've got a lot of good stories. And our ideas to help you create the most wonderful landscapes for you and your family. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, you know... Here we are, in Northern California, Sacramento, to be exact, and uh, we 've for quite a while now we 've had seventy degree weather, so our trees are in bloom, our uh, my bulbs are up they 're not uh, quite blooming, my anemones are, and it's we 're having an early spring so um, I will, Michael and I want to talk a little bit about spring and um, the romanticism of what you 're looking at in magazines versus the um, maintenance of what you're looking at in in magazines yes yeah and give you our ideas but you know i also want to say this um 2020 was a shit of a year let's just say let's just call it what it is you know we had for the third year in a row in california we had wildfires that devastated devastated the state and not only that the air quality and then um And then we had COVID hit all over the planet. I don't even want to talk about the political scene because it's just uh, not worth going into at the moment. But um, when spring comes, and I must say that throughout the history of this planet, there's been ups and downs and ups and downs and plagues and Spanish flus. But one thing is constant, and that is the seasons and spring. And spring brings renewal. And I'm feeling it totally it's like i can breathe and the colors are coming out i'm just so loving it so that's what we're going to talk about but that's my little there it is there's my little. little
0: i love spring too i have to say the only thing that that i dread when spring comes out for those of us that are allergic and have hay fever and our allergies are coming up so yes you take a deep breath if you can breathe um, and um, so you double dose on your allergy pills and you enjoy all the beauty and the color but for those of us that are allergic to 31 things I'm in the field you know 31 different landscape items that I'm allergic to I, I sometimes cringe when spring comes because I know hay fever and my allergies are going to be at the maximum so that that's the little aside to the only problem with spring
1: well let me um, actually introduce a book that's called The Allergy-Fighting Garden. It says Stop Asthma and Allergies with Smart Landscaping, and it's written by a man named Thomas Leo Ogren, O-G-R-E-N. What's wonderful is the book is divided by um, hedges, by trees, grasses, perennials, and if you have a problem, you know, this is for your garden, this is a wonderful... Yeah. Look. <laughs> you know Ooh, good yeah i'm
0: i'm I'm taking note of that because as as i said it's one of the things that that i love spring and i love the color and i love what happens with all the plants but i will say because I've, i'm allergic to so many things it's like oh my god that the head starts pounding and luckily i've i've got ways of dealing with it but um you know for those of you those of us that have allergies spring is not as wonderful as to other people yeah,
1: yeah. I have friends that suffer as well, but do check out this book. It's by 10 Speed Press from Berkeley. So um, he's done a lot of research. But let's go on to the beautiful blooms um, that are coming out. And one thing I was talking to Michael about was um, I think one of the most romantic looking vines are the wisteria varieties.
0: Yes, love it, love it, love it.
1: They are absolutely beautiful. And so many of my clients want wisteria for that same romantic beauty. But let me tell you, they grow to the, well, their trunks become like tree trunks.
0: Absolutely. Yes. They're extremely, extremely hardy. They're very invasive in that sense. In fact, I have a funny story. My mom, rest rest in peace she used to have redwood trees and she planted wisteria and um her 30 and 40 foot redwood trees of wisteria grew right on up when they were blooming, it was incredible. It looked like the redwoods were blooming, but they got so heavy laden with the wisteria that it actually pulled down the tops of the redwood trees and some of her trees literally broke in half because of the weight of the wisteria. So, you know, the the good thing was, yes, they looked beautiful. The bad thing is it absolutely destroyed some of her redwood trees because of the weight of the wisteria and how invasive it was.
1: So if you're gonna grow it, which you certainly can, but you wanna make sure that you have a proper trellis. Normally, with something like wisteria, I would use a steel trellis, although you could Uh, use a trellis, you know, six by six posts. But um, anything that you grow that on that's susceptible to rot will rot because the wisteria will far outlast um, a wooden trellis. And if it comes with a nice little wooden stick at the nursery, That'll be history. (laughs) Yes, and
0: and for those people that don't know, there are different colors of wisteria. Most of us think it's only purple, but there's a white wisteria. Stunning, absolutely stunning. There's a purple one. There's also a a lilac, kind of a blue color. And surprisingly enough, there's a pink wisteria.
1: I haven't seen the pink wisteria. I did see the white blooming wisteria at Sissinghurst, um, which is in England, and that is uh, Vita Sackwell Sackville West created the moon garden, which means everything that blooms is white. And so she has white wisteria growing in there. So it it is beautiful, but really, really think before you plant it. And then um, before you plant it, get get the structure up. And then it's beautiful. But it is one of those kinds that if you turn your back, it'll tap you on the shoulder to say, You better cut me or I'm going to swallow your house.
0: (laughs) Exactly. The other thing that I have to say, I mean, when I think of wisteria years ago, there was a special exhibit um, at at one of the museums in San Francisco and the exhibit was bonsais and there was the most spectacular, it was a 300 year old wisteria bonsai. The whole thing that might've been two feet, two feet tall by about two feet wide. And it was, you know, it had been cultivated and worked on everything, but it was a little wisteria tree. And as I said, it was close to 300 years of age. And if you can imagine this little teeny tree bonsai blooming these purple blooms, uh, it, it, was, it was one of the most magnificent things I've ever seen, but I'd never seen um, a wisteria bonsai and this was unbelievable.
1: You know, I'm glad you brought that up because there are wisteria, and I'm gonna put in parentheses, trees that you could buy. So they're pruned at the nursery to be a single trunk. You have to keep them like that. They're going to yep. always want to bolt into, you know, what they are. But you can get what's called a standard or tree form. But um, wisteria takes um, patience and it takes attendance. So if you're someone that doesn't want any maintenance, stay away from vines.
0: Yes. And when since you mentioned that and we're talking about our mistakes... Many, many, many years ago, I bought a wisteria tree um, for my wife and I and put it in our front yard in our last house. And I loved it because I loved the blooms. And I have to say, I eventually took it out because there was more maintenance it would it would shoot out these big, big, long canes and um, big viney things. You're constantly having to prune it. You're constantly after cutting it. You're constantly after lo- look after it. Um, it was, I have to say, when it was blooming, it was gorgeous. But I've never worked so hard to try to control something. And I finally got to the point where it's like I've had enough and I took it out. So and you're I- absolutely right as a as a blooming standard tree it's gorgeous but you have to be prepared to stay on top of it 24
1: 7 yeah and if that's what you like to do it's it's something wonderful to have but almost any vine or i'll say every vine let's do that every vine is going to take maintenance either from the training in the beginning to the continual um pruning to keep it where you have it trellised. so yep you- even climbing roses, which are so beautiful, and I have climbing roses too, but in the beginning, I was up every season, actually a couple times a year, weaving the soft canes before they, hard, they hardened um, through my trellis. Oh, yeah. It, it, it's... You know,
0: people say, I want low maintenance and I, and you'll get a kick out of it because you're in the same field. I don't know of anyone that will ever say to you as a client, oh, I want a high maintenance yard. Everyone Stop. loves <laughs> i want a low maintenance and our biggest joke is oh we thought i thought we thought just the opposite you wanted a high maintenance yard you know and yeah. you're right vines vines no matter how controlled they are they take work you have to cut them back you have to weave them in on the trellis on um, you you have to keep an eye on them otherwise they'll just keep growing and taking
1: over they will although here's the good side of them i mean there's many good sides not to mention how beautiful they are but i just planted so far just the front yard of five acres, which were 550 plants, but for screening all along the fence line, and they had what's called a hog wire, we talked about that last time, you know, a four inch square wire, because um, it's kind of like pasture, but I planted um, uh, Carolina jasmine all the way down the fence, maybe 150 feet, and California uh, Carolina jasmine, it, it blooms yellow and you could see them alongside the freeway sometimes because each plant will get about eight to ten feet wide it'll you know stack up about five six feet and it, the blooms are stunning but for a wire fence like that it's great for screening
0: absolutely and it's it's um for it's called a carolina just actually Jess man um, and it's um Jocimian sempervirens, and you're right. It's an evergreen. I love it It's funny because you don't see a lot of it. A lot yeah. of people don't use it, but it's spectacular yeah. Especially when it blooms,
1: right? Well, I think maybe people make the mistake of planting it in a little area and then they see what a monster it becomes instead of uh, Putting it but I've seen it along the freeways, you know, they'll, they'll plant it, you know, to keep the um, erosion
0: right they'll-
1: Motion control. Um, I don't know so you say Jessamine, but um, now star jasmine, I don't know if that's in the same family. That's evergreen with the shiny leaf and the white blooms. That too right. No, it actually
0: if you look it up, um one is a gelsimian the other one is a trachelospermum. but the right. Jessamine, which is the yellow one, is not a ja- is not a true jasmine. Act- and one of the things
1: yes. You're right. That's G E L S I U M, right? Jelcimium? Yes. Yes. Hmm. yes. Yeah. Um, but ja- but star jasmine is a great screen. However, it's one of the few things I'm allergic to when it's blooming. It's beautiful, but um, if you want to screen your neighbor out and you have a trellis, um, star jasmine's wonderful. It's also a great ground cover,
0: right? And the thing that I like about it, it can take more shade than a lot of the other uh, lo- a, lo- a lot of the other vines. I've got it at my house, and I have to say it's one of the few things I'm not allergic to. And oh, yeah. because yes it 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 grows really well but it's not as invasive as there are some others that we will mention that are like grow like literal weeds like pomia.
1: oh yeah so the the common name of that is morning glory
0: yes. and
1: um, if you look in your neighborhood every once in a while you'll see a telephone pole in bloom in spring <laughs> and that's because the morning glory has grown up it and it has these seed pods and once they pop open, uh, you will forever be either picking them out or just dealing with uh, morning glories, which are beautiful, but you'll be doing And they it. have a big, you know, these
0: ones have a big purple flower. And mm-hmm. she's absolutely right, they are stunning. The problem is, it is, I mean, it literally would grow over your house. I've yeah. never seen anything grow so fast, so vigorous. Um, it, 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 it's, like, it's like a monster plant.
1: It is. When I have clients that ask me for and I look at them to see if they're serious. Are you serious? Are you sure you want this? But um, again, it's one of those vines that if you want to cover something, an old fence, a, wired, a wire fence, you have pasture, it's wonderful, but you just don't want it in a small space because it will be everywhere and it is difficult to control. There's a
0: vine blooming right now that I love. Unfortunately, it's a short bloomer, but I will tell you if you love lilac colors or purple colors, it's the lilac vine, the Hardenbergia, And it's beautiful, but it's only blooming in the winter time, right at at the end of winter, beginning of spring, and only blooms for about a
1: month. Right, although it is evergreen. That's an Australian um, variety. Yes. it it is really lovely, but yeah, it is a short bloom. Now um, another another vine that's a more summer bloomer is the uh, Campsus radicans, which is the trumpet vine. That also is as vigorous, maybe as vigorous, maybe one step down than lilac. I mean, not sorry, uh, uh, wisteria. However, there's an evergreen version of it that blooms purple.
0: The Clytostoma.
1: Yeah, and um, and that. That is easy to eat, much easier to contain, because I've had it for a couple of years around my garden. I have a wire fence around my garden, and um, I've woven that with the potato vine, which is Solanum, and they're beautiful because the Solanum has these white, soft clusters of uh, flowers, and then the the purple trumpet they come through, and it's just a beautiful combination. See, I
0: love that. that the, it's, we talked about that once before. It's the whole idea of plant marriages, mixing several together mm-hmm. so that um, one blooms one color, one blooms another, one thrives in one area, one thrives in the other, and they mix together. I, I love that. I think that's a really cool thing. And again, it's, it's um, for the listeners... Um, it's a little bit more time and effort to kind of control them. But if you want something, and, and that's the whole thing, is when you were mentioning in the very beginning, when you look at a picture in a magazine, when you see some of the photographs, you know, and these gardens look spectacular, but no matter how low maintenance relatively it is, nothing's no maintenance and to, to get your yard, to get your landscape to look spectacular, you have to put some some serious effort and time into it. I don't care how easy it is to grow, but um, the easier it is, it, it has to be pruned, it has to be fertilized, it has to be maintained, it's not going to take care of itself.
1: It's not, but those very things that you're talking about is what actually brings such a feeling of peace and satisfaction to to doing it because gardening yes. is something that really grounds you, and yes, that's a pun, um, but it also could bring a peace and a serenity and even if you're out there digging and sweating and then you you know you toss your spade here and there by the time you're done and you look at your work, there's that feeling of yeah, that's good work, I've done something good, and then the earth will respond, it'll bring forth flowers and fruit or whatever you've been working on. I agree. And, and some of the things, when, you,
0: when um, if you're thinking about, well, how do I know what vine to plant and what should I plant and everything? One of the things that I would say is first decide what color do you want? Do you want it to be an evergreen? Do you want it to lose its leaves? What colors do you want? Because I will tell you, um, for for a myriad of colors, one of the most spectacular is a deciduous clematis. They lose their leaves in the wintertime, so they look like they are sticks. But if you want vibrant color, it goes from white to pink to purple to blue to magenta to red. I have never seen a myriad of flowers in color as you will find in Clematis.
1: Right, and there are uh, evergreen varieties as well. Yes. But again, that's a very vigorous vine. Yes, absolutely. uh, You need to plan for it.
0: I love that. I don't know if if you've used it um, for for people that love purple, the Jackman eye, which is a, the yeah. most I'm vibrant happy. purple flower. I love that one. is yeah. just amazing. Just that's all you can say. It's amazing.
1: Yeah, actually, I'm waiting that, for that to come uh, in with for a client. Um, you know, Michael and I were designing gardens all year long, and at this time of year, when it's time for planting there are no uh, black-eyed Susans, there's no, you know, most of the perennials are not back yet, even the lavender, right now the only lavender we can get is Spanish lavender, which is not one I plant, um, and the vines as well, um, there's a, there's some white clematis out, but the jackman eye is not out yet, so, you know, that's another thing that you have to know is when when they're available, and and yes, choosing your color, choosing what you want, but again what's really important is where are you going to put it and what have you right. done you know for it to come
0: i don't know if you found it but this is going to be a very unusual year because we've i've been talking to some of the nursery people and there was such a push for um stock uh, last year 2020 that a lot of the the uh, spe- specimens even the common things are all sold out um, and it's gonna take a year for them to restock. So it's like the common things that you think you can just go into the nursery and buy, they're not available. And oh. it's very funny going into, whether it be wholesale or even retail, I've been asking for things and they go, we don't have it and we don't know if we're gonna have it this year because we sold out so many last year.
1: I can't get kumquats right now. They're Yeah, oh, I know. Yep. Um, there, we tried
0: to get one of our clients wanted a Eureka lemon. There's none, nowhere, oh. I mean, period. It's just, it's, it's, it's amazing. And the the common things that you would think, oh my God, you know, I find that, I see that everywhere. You just ask for simple things and they go, sorry, we're sold out.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I did see at Costco at one point I saw these Esfoliade lemons and I thought, oh, those look great. And then, um, I don't know like 3 weeks later when I needed it I told my contractor go send your wife to Costco well they have espaldie mandarins and espal a a limes no lemons no <laughs> lemons yeah so- it's
0: it's really really strange what's going and what you know what what used to be available very easy to get and now when you go to the nursery and you just ask for simple things last year this is a very funny story last year uh, that shocked me I just wanted Simple green, you know, the green leafed um, heuchera, the coral bells with the little pink flowers. Um, They're great, you know, uh, understory underneath oak trees, not directly under the oak trees, but further out. But and they and they do really well. Um, And I went over to several nurseries and all of them said they were totally sold out. They were not cultivating them and they didn't know it would take at least a year to get them.
1: Is it the lime green ones you 're looking for, or just the regular no no,
0: no, the regular normal you know the 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 drab the lime ones everyone had the 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 very unusual leafed ones. this was the common green heuchera that has the little pink flowers there was no no green acres didn 't have it, no one had just the plain coral bells,
1: yeah, so coral bells is the common name, and they are wonderful shade plants they'll some some varieties will take more sun, but um you know, there's certain plants that that have a lot of color innately in them, and these are known for their color, not for their blooms. The blooms are so tiny, right. and um, and they do well in, in shade or part shade. So, um, yeah, it's it's an interesting time, and you know, some people wonder why things cost so much at the nursery. And you have to understand, they'll propagate something, and when it's big enough, it goes into maybe a quart size container and when it's big enough it goes into a a one gallon and then a five gallon in the 15 by the time that little plant gets to a 15 gallon the nursery has been nursing it along for maybe five years or more and with plants you know like japanese maples or your um weeping cedars those have been in the field for much longer to be trained so that's that's why you're paying what you're paying
0: absolutely and it's not and once they're gone It's also it's the nursery business is really interesting because it's almost a gamble, because if one year they sell out, let's say, for example, camellias or uh, whatever it is, or the lemons, and they sell a lot of them the next year, they may say, okay we're going to plant, we're going to cultivate and propagate um, twice as many lemons, twice as many camellias. And so they do that. Well, it just so happens that that year they don't sell. So now they've got an overabundance. They have to drop the price and try to sell them out. So you never know. It's kind of a gamble. Do you? If, if something was popular one year, that doesn't necessarily mean that the next year it's going to be in demand.
1: Well, let me tell you this. If any nursery ran out of camellias, it would be like hell right, uh, freezing over <laughs> because right, right. I don't think it's going to happen. But with the citrus, surprisingly enough, it, it has a that's exactly what we're dealing with right now. So, so back to um, back to vines. You know, there's a lot of beautiful varieties of climbing roses, and what you have to know that there are some. Let's talk about the Lady Banks rose and the Cecil Bruner. These roses have multiple, maybe hundreds of blossoms in the spring, and then that's it. So, right. You know, if you're wanting a rose or a climber that that's continual, you know, continually blooming, you you must do your research. Don't don't. When you see when you go to the nursery and you see this beautiful uh, blooming climbing rose, read about it. It might be the only time you see that until next year.
0: Exactly. I happen to like if you want red, there's one that's called Blaze and it's a single petal and it blooms constantly. Iceberg roses, climbers, they bloom constantly. And if you want something multicolored that blooms a lot, um, the Joseph's coat uh, climbing rose is absolutely ma- magnificent.
1: And that's a very popular rose. There, there is a, a, a rose place down in Southern California called Story Farm. They have, I think five acres or 15 acres, I'm not sure, 1500 roses. Anyway, everything that they grow is scented. They don't grow any roses that are not scented. And you See, could, I didn't know that, yeah. Yeah, you could go online to Story Far, uh, Story Roses online, and they've got a beautiful website. So if you're looking for something in particular, you, you're going to have to order it. It's, chances are you're not, you know, the nursery is only going to sell what is, um, you know, like a bestseller. You know, if you go to a bookstore in the window, they're not going to have, you know, the old dusty copies of something nobody reads. They're going to have the latest blockbuster. Same with the plants.
0: Right, they're right,
1: and that's and, and it makes sense because you propagate
0: something that's a good seller. Why propagate something that's just going to sit there for long periods of time that you have to take care of? So that you know, it, yeah. it's supply and demand.
1: Yeah, unless you're a collector, and if you're a collector of roses, then you're gonna. There are many sites that have the old roses, the English roses, the you know the scented roses. So there, you know, there's there's something for everyone. That's what's so great about gardening. You can you could find almost Anything, um, although you may have to order it, and you also need to check to see if that particular plant will grow in your area, your zone, which is the, um, the you know the coldest it gets and the hottest it gets. So.
0: You, okay, you- so what's so? Let me ask you, what's your favorite vine? Of all the things we talked about, what if if you could only plant one vine, and I'm not talking about sun or shade, but one vine, what would be your favorite?
1: You know, that's interesting. I've not thought about it, but I'd have to say that I would go for the trumpet vine because it's a hummingbird attractor. And the roses are, I mean, the the flowers are so profuse, and the hummingbirds, you could just sit and watch them all day. So I have to say that's one of my favorite favorites. The clematis, yes, but it doesn't have the action that the... Right. Uh, does. So, yeah. So I, I would say you know, trumpet. Although I, I don't, I haven't planted it because I don't want to deal with it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I understand. I understand. It's like something that when you look at and you're totally attracted to and you go, oh my God, that's muti- beautiful. Not necessarily in my yard, but it's absolutely something that you're attracted to.
1: Exactly. You know, another great vine is the passion vine, Passiflora. Flora. And- I love those it's like it's like some it's like an alien it's unbelievably beautiful and I did plant that at one time and years ago I had this little metal pergola you know with the canvas top right, well right, it right. became like this green literally greenhouse you'd have to you know separate the vines to walk into it and the thing with passion flower or passion vine is not only the fruit the flower but the leaves as well are medicinal and it's something that calms the nerves and also used for sleep. So it's a wonderful herbal vine as well.
0: And there is a variety of it, which you, which um, I became familiar when you go to Mendocino. It's a it's a red. It's kind of a coral red passion flower, and it's it's Passiflora and it literally is kind of a coral colored red flower rather than the the purple flower that everyone knows about and the red one or the kind of corally red it, it's pretty spectacular
1: i bet i wonder if it grows here i've been to the botanical garden in mendocino and um i mean everything they grow there because they have the you know they have the weather right is, it's like 10 times the size and it's beautiful i mean
0: it'll grow here but again you have to be real careful if we have a heavy frost it'll die back and it may not come back so i've i've grown it and i've been successful with it it's just a matter of keeping it alive
1: heavy frost we had one day of one day of frost that's it one one day i went out and i i covered my citrus trees which is no easy thing to do and it was windy you know so i you tack it down and up it goes and then um that was it one day <laughs> so, that amazing, Pretty I
0: think, amazing.
1: yeah, I think we're in for it for summer here, and um, that's another good reason to plant a vine if you have an open work uh, pergola that 's metal vines, uh, even grapes, if you want to deal with the um, the rodents they attract and the mess that they leave, um, any kind of vine will cover a trellis and that'll give you shade yep, yep,
0: excellent idea.
1: Yeah. And grapes, um, you know, in our in our area, obviously, you know, California is grape growing and um, they do really well. But again, it it takes persistence because they um, they, you know, it's yummy fruit. Squirrels love it. Rats love it. Birds love it. So, um, you know, to get a good crop that hasn't been picked over is is not easy.
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah. The same with pomegranates. Boy, you know, it's a race between and figs between you and the squirrels. So, um, and the birds. So anyway, you, you you really, uh, to grow fruit is wonderful, but and, um, and over time you'll have enough on, on one tree to satisfy everybody's needs. So, um, it's just the beginning and, uh, that you have to really, you know, get, give your attention to and do the pruning, you know, like we're talking about with the vines. But, um, so, as you look around you and you see beautiful things blooming in all these magazines, I just have this, I saw this article in Veranda about how gardens have saved us through COVID um, and they have magnificent gardens, but understand that those gardens that you're looking at in the magazines take work.
0: Absolutely. They don't take care of themselves. They're not no maintenance. The only thing that's no maintenance is um, silk flowers and painted concrete. Yep. <laughs>
1: Isn't that lovely? <laughs> yeah, right.
0: That image. Oh, I can just see it.
1: Right. With some corrugated metal overhangs. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah exactly. It's, it's,
1: yeah. Well, you know, there's some people who like it. But anyway, we are talking about gardening. And, and um, get your hands in the dirt. And this is the time of year, uh, at least in Northern California. I know um, back east and Midwest, I don't know, all kinds of things are going on between freezing and flooding and then heat. It's just, you know, I don't know if the farmer's almanac can even track what's going on now because of, you know, the climate change. So.
0: It's true. It's true. It's a whole new set of normal or yeah. if you even call it normal.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I get it. So I hope that you've gleaned a lot from um, our podcast today. You know, we're going on about vines, but both both Michael and I have dealt with them and designed them in and um, built structures for them, knowing what's coming. And um, we hope that our knowledge is passed on to you when you go and look at something beautiful that's a vine in the nursery.
0: Absolutely.
1: So, I'm Roberta Walker.
0: I'm Michael Glassman, and
1: we are Digging Deep.